Welcome to Heritage Tree, where we talk about heritage care and development for people and organizations. And now to our host, Dr. Dina Michelle Roscoe. Not to invalidate our system, because an adrenal response, it's trying to help you. It could be correct that you do need to pause or freeze, or you do need to run or, or fight. You do need to do what it's telling you to do to manage that situation. Fortunately, we do also have a choice factor, and that can mean different things depending on the situation that is triggering. The main point, again, is the method over the details that fear wants to tell us to speed up, and sometimes it tells us to stop or hide, and sometimes those will decrease our range. It will make our world small. We'll get tunnel vision or peripheral vision, if you will, that we will we will narrow our peripheral view rather. And that can be devastating or an affliction depending on what you're dealing with. And so again, sometimes those treatments, those therapies, those approaches to recalibrate your system, to train up, train out, are meant to desensitize that response when it's an over-response, when it takes out of range when it's either been neglected for a long time, you didn't know you had this injury, or it's been conditioned for a long time by this person or situation, can have a wearing effect on a person. Ecclesiastes is devastatingly, despairingly clear on this and how it talks about wisdom and suffering and that it's really better in the end to just find a way to enjoy your life that God has given you. And I love that, and I love the take up your mat and walk of Jesus that really gives courage and resolve if you're facing a challenging situation and you know that there is some action within reach for you to do, big or small, or maybe progressively larger each time. (laughs) However, you need to do it under the advisement or guidance you're receiving. Again, you know, method over details that over time, you know, we can take up our mat and walk, and sometimes... That in itself takes courage, and we're not going to listen to all of the signals that are firing off telling us that that's a bad thing to do, that to stay safe, we have to stay home all the time. And again, I'm not referring to any stay-home orders or any pandemic-related situation, but the tendency in some injuries or some fear-based illness or affliction that we believe that to be safe, then we just almost have to not move. But the trouble with that is that not moving, one, is not how we're made, and two, is symbolic of our mortality, that when we stop moving, it's when we've died. And as a Christian, you know, I believe that our spirit will go live with God and that he'll come back and raise the dead and he will restore and repair all things. And I go a little tiny bit into this in book three of Kingdom Come about our future of continuing with the Lord. So we do have something to hope in. And the scriptures say, set our hope squarely on the glory to be revealed when Christ returns. And it refers to this. And what is that glory then? What is that glory? And why did the psalmist say, you know, Lord, let your glory fill fill all the earth? 
Let the earth be filled with all of your glory. Glory to God on the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward all people upon whom God's favor rests. Why did the angels kick off their herald of Jesus? Glory to God. It's interesting when we say glory to God, we're giving him credit, and it's also credit to him for who he is and what he does and what he will do. Not just for us, but for everything. And that's a vision to widen our view, to widen our horizon, to widen our range that we can maybe help calm our system down a bit and move towards and start talking about those things and start doing those behaviors. For example, if Jesus is going to wipe every tear from our eye, if God is going to comfort the downcast kingdom come, then what can we do now to be a comfort to others? If the scriptures say, do not despise those who are weak, you know, uplift them, who are faint-hearted or scared, encourage them, edify each other, uplift each other. The reason for that is that's what God is going to do in the end for us. He's going to raise us up, literally. And not just us as humans, but all of creation. He will make all things new. It's passing away. He'll make all things new. Romans says the earth groans in expectation like it's in labor pains, as if it's in labor pains. And I love all the metaphors and scriptures and the analogies. If you read through it, look for anything related to heritage. Look for anything related to family or even women or children. And it says the creation, all creation groans in earnest expectation. There's this groaning even that the Holy Spirit does. And we're in, you know, our Western Caucasian culture, perhaps we need to be quiet a lot. Um, you know, we're quiet in church, <laughs> quiet laboring and delivering babies. Well, not so much, you know, I'm just overgeneralizing here <laughs> for the sake of argument or being amusing. But, you know, we actually are made to sort of groan and lament and, and vocalize and speak and listen our way through things. So if God is going to do that with his Holy Spirit now, that same Holy Spirit is a deposit on us that will say to God, this is mine, and I will raise it up. The Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus that raised him, the scriptures say, will also raise you and me from the dead. So if that's our destination, or that's the end game, that's going to be what will be, then what can we do now to live into that? The scriptures say, set your hope squarely on the glory to be revealed when Christ returns. This idea of focus, because that in a way is what range is. It's what our system, what we are choosing to focus on, what our system, whether it be our brain or our eyes or our ears or our neck or whatever our balance system is saying, whatever our adrenal threat-based system is saying, you know, to focus on. If it says in scripture to set our hope squarely on the glory to be revealed when Christ returns, Then we ask now, what is that glory? And how can we focus on that now? And what are the different things we can do, the different people we can encounter, the different activities we can do, the different ways we can rest, the different disciplines we can have in our day, whether it's through a rhythm of renewal, of refreshment, of peace, of prayer, of doing kindness or caregiving. You know, in a lot of ways, you can be in a situation And it seems like that is all that there is. Or because that's all there is, we make the jump and say, that's all that there will be. And this can work in either direction. If things are going well, we almost forget the hard work and time 
took to get there. And slowly we start to lop off the daily practice, the daily little things we did, or it can happen in a difficult way where, you know, say there's an injury or a difficult relationship or a loss or something happens and it sort of festers over time and it's neglected or it's not tended to, or if it is, it's kind of from the side and we can really very easily have our focus skewed and not really see clearly and lose our focus and it can throw us off balance. You've heard the phrases perhaps in American culture, we say this phrase, breakneck speed, uh, juggling plates, pain in the neck. It's interesting, these phrases that we've taken on that are significant and they're culturally so because any kind of neck injury is can be a big challenge and an affliction for a while until you can address it and work on it and get better over time. But it can be easy to be running fast in several different directions towards the, the direction that over the trend of time, it's just a waste of energy. It's so much stress. It's so much tension that we're storing in our bodies and our prayers just become desperate or just laments only, or, you know, we sort of lose that capacity to, to experience joy or hope in our lives. And this is not to invalidate anything hard that's going on. In fact, the whole reason we're talking about this is because of hard things that have happened to us as a society in the world right now, a pandemia with, uh, you know, me personally, with maybe you, with different challenges you might have encountered in your life in the last couple of years or something that comes to mind. And it can be really challenging to sort of pick up our mat and walk. But we can do that because, again, bringing it back to childlike faith, if we could just find it, and I ask myself this, to just find the one thing that's enjoyable or joyful about trying again, even if it's a gratitude, thank you, God, that I have new information. Thank you, God, that I can try again. I can pick myself up and walk, that I had a mat to lay on to begin with. Some people don't even have that. (laughs) Some of the patriarchs didn't have it. Jesus and Isaiah says he didn't have anywhere to rest his head. In fact, he would go to the mountain at night and pray the night away. He would pray through the night in the garden or in the mountain. There was a garden he frequently went to by himself or with the disciples. And Judas, the man who betrayed him, knew of that place. And that's where he sent the mob to go get Jesus from a garden. (laughs) And you can just see how off kilter everything it's become. Well, we want to be encouraging people who keep a footing somehow. And even in scriptures, it says in Revelation, whoever endures to the end will be saved. Keep uh, your love warm. It says, after all has been done to stand in some of the New Testament epistles and the books of Timothy and others that go over the armor of God. It says, after all that's taken place to stand. And what a miracle that we take for granted. Take a breath of air to breathe the breath of God and continue that through the generations. To stand, to be able to pick up ourselves and try again. The point is, and again, this I talked about in the vindication episode, that there are deliverances that even in those challenging situations, God can still send something or someone or one thing 
that can be an encouragement. And even if that doesn't happen, even Habakkuk wrote that though my stalls be empty and we don't have food to eat, we don't have money, our cupboards, our stalls are bare. And, and again, I'm not speaking to make light of poverty. I'm referencing Habakkuk and his lament that he would turn to praise and he would say, though my stalls be empty, I'll still glorify you, God. I'll still take delight and joy. I'll still glory in you. So this concept of glory, when we are struggling through something, you don't feel like glory. But scriptures say, though outwardly I waste away, yet inwardly, inwardly I'm renewed day by day. For my light and momentary trials aren't worth being compared to the eternal glory that God is accomplishing in me, in us, because of them. And if we also adopt that we story, which I mentioned earlier, if we start thinking too and praying these prayers, not just for me, save me, God, save us, open our eyes to see, our mind to understand, our heart to believe, our ears to hear, open us to hear a good word today, open us to hear, try again, and and give us the courage and resolve to take up our mat and walk. Show us how to do that, God. And it often will be in such small ways. You know, the child doesn't sit down and analyze, I'm going to jump on the bed or I'm going to spin around. They just do it. I'm going to analyze walking down the street and fall down and how I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this for an hour before I go do it. Well, that's worry and I'm very good at that. (laughs) Worry girl of the rescue. And it doesn't quite work out that way. They don't do that. They just go. And their system learns. So maybe I'll take a deep breath. And exhale and just lean into what it would be to try again. What would it be? What would it take to have hope in my future? What would it look like for hope to come to our future as a family, as a church, as a neighborhood, as a city, as a society, as a world? What is it going to take to restore hope? The minute we start saying, oh, that's too big, it can't happen, we've lost our range. We've just made our range very small. So then what is the question for what do we need to do to increase our capacity, increase our range, our frequency, or of tolerance? We can address these challenges, but with a maybe even, if possible, a more lighthearted or hopeful way. And that again, does not diminish or invalidate the difficulty. It recognizes it because if we only camp in the difficulty, we could drown in it, we could sink in it, and it could just be all consuming and be our only range. So we have to, the solution is within reach. And we can learn to take up our mat and walk. And that's my prayer for you. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard, tip us at the link below and inquire, subscribe, and shop our merchandise label of Heritage Tree and Heritage at dinamichellerosco.com and dogwoodgroup.io. Come back again when we gather around the Heritage Tree.